Well, if you were here with us this past weekend and got to hear Caleb Smith's wonderful sermon on the art of humility, you'll know why it is such an honor for us to have back here on the podcast the hot dog himself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Three, two, one. I did not know you were going to say that. <laughs> I did at one point think that I should be I should be able to be the like mascot dressed up in this like again as I as I said in the sermon this rabid dachshund type outfit. <laughs> um but I I it never happened for me. A buddy of mine though, he was he was our mascot. Wow. He was he got to do that. Now for anyone who didn't get to hear the sermon, <laughs> we should explain. You grew up or in, in high school, you attended Frankfurt Indiana High School, yes. where your mascot was the Frankfurt Hot Dogs. Frankfurt Hot Dogs. And That's the, the, amazing. Very quickly, the story around town, they used to be the Falcons. New high school was built in the 1960s. There was a, a basically a newspaper voting campaign about what was going to, should we keep the same mascot or come with a new mascot with a new high school? Somebody jokingly wrote in hot dogs hmm. and the newspaper put it in the list just to see what would happen. And they decided every round at one by, <laughs> by many votes. It and they a, kept it a in. Bodie McBoat face kind of yes, thing. Yes, exactly. And it became a thing. So <laughs> Frankfurt hot dogs. That's amazing. Well, it was a fun illustration of, of your own humility as you approached this topic. <laughs> Thanks. Um, one of the other uh, things that might be interesting to people, um, you among all of the preachers are far less scripted than uh, than oh, the other yeah. people giving messages. And yep. uh, and so if someone really resonated with this sermon or if, if they hadn't heard it, they may want to check out one of the other ones that you gave <laughs> it another hour because each kind of had its own variations yeah, it's very in a true. delightful way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't use. Uh, I don't use different scriptures in each one as the basis, uh, and uh, and and it it does stick to the outline. But, but yeah, I I've never been. I've never been one who's manuscripted out. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even even going and training in speech class or anything like that. Like never manuscripted out. It was always based on like a three by five note card. It was an outline, whatever information you could put on that. But then you just had to make your way through it, and that's what carried me into as I got into to ministry and teaching and and preaching. Um, yeah, it's all it's all based on an outline. So yeah, it's it's true. The the every time I give something, it's it's a little variation from <laughs> from any other time that I've given it. Well, so if, if you were here with us last weekend or you weren't, you might enjoy going back and and hearing the uh, the art of humility uh, from this past weekend. Um, but uh, thanks for coming in and talking a little bit further about the concepts that you preached on. Uh, I I enjoyed this look at what humility is and and uh, and a good mindset about adopting a disposition of humility. Um, enjoyed the video of the kids trying to define it. Obviously, that is one of those things like we've heard about it, and it's not quite the same thing as as being humiliated. Right. Um, maybe a little closer to being humble. Yes, um, But sure. it can be a, a little bit of a vague concept. Yeah. Well, and it, it's so hard to like, it, it really is hard to say, here is, here is an act. Here is something you can do on the outside that demonstrates that you're humble. Because mm -hmm. it's like, even even kind of then going that layer deeper is 
well, it, it actually is about your heart and your mind and your spirit and how you're approaching whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're doing. Yeah. So to put any words to it, to, to be able to say this is humility and what it looks like on the outside is, is, is really, really difficult, really difficult. Well, and I appreciate that you brought that out because one of the launching points for this series, this masterpiece series that we're walking through this summer is the idea that God prepared good works in advance for us to mm. do and that those good works might not be specific tasks nearly as much as it is the character that we're bringing to whatever it is that we're doing, the daily work of our hands. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and that, that really highlighted for me as I, I, I definitely took some extra time and was researching and learning about, uh, the word, the word that is used for work in the, in the Greek text. Uh, it, it, I, I cannot remember what that, what that word is right now, but, but, uh, every time it's it's used, it's talking about toil, labor, whatever it is you do with your hands. It's basically, you know, it, it could just be considered in today's language, like whatever your vocation is, mm-hmm. that is the work. Uh, and and good works, kind of to your point, is it's not this, and I, and I, I mentioned this basically in this way over the weekend, was it's not like good works are these other things that we're waiting on, these supernatural moments of God bringing along an opportunity of good work. Mm-hmm. It's... No, we're, we're supposed to just work really well at whatever it is that we're doing in that moment mm-hmm. and, and do it to the best of our ability. And that's not to say that there might not be opportunities where sure, God kind of absolutely. orchestrates events. And, and I've seen that happen in beautiful ways. So yep. that can still happen, but but that's not limited to this. Yes. And I think a really healthy thing about what you brought out is it helps to break down that distinction between that there are Christian works mm. and secular works. Oh, sure. Or, you know, the lifestyle of someone who maybe is a little compartmentalized between, you know, the Sunday kind of life and the Monday through Saturday life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I actually have this idea uh, that I, I uh, hopefully ho- hopefully one day we can uh, we, we can we can have this uh, as a part of our our rhythm of of practice around here. But highlighting what does it look like for folks out of our congregation who what what is worship at ten a.m. on Mondays? Like mm-hmm. we have our our worship times during on the weekends, but but on a different day in the week, whatever it is that they're involved in at that time on a different day is also worship. And is engaging in whatever it is that God's put in front of you to, mm-hmm. to do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that carries, carries forward that idea too. Yeah. And, and when you're talking about doing work well, you're not necessarily talking about being the top of your game on whatever it is, as much as the character that you're bringing to it, the disposition, yeah. the way that you're seeking to honor God in Absolutely. every aspect of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really helpful foundation, um, certainly for this specific mm. message on humility, but even um, for the the rest of them as we go forward, um, just to, to be con- constantly thinking, how am I approaching this task, approaching this work? How mm-hmm. am I representing Jesus in the way um, that I'm seeking to love other people in the way that I'm seeking to encourage other people in the way that I'm conducting my, myself. Yeah. And it, that, that makes me think of even the, the mental struggle that I had in, in, in putting this message together was how much, how much time should be spent really on helping us to make sure that, that we've got a, we've got a good construct for, for what it is to have healthy confidence in our lives. What, mm. what is it to, to feel good about how we are doing things Mm -hmm. like there is absolutely a, I believe a a biblical basis for having a good, uh, healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-esteem and to be proud of how we engage in things. Mm -hmm. Uh, but 
there's a line between when confidence or healthy self-esteem or being proud about what we do then crosses that line into the sin of pride or or arrogance mm-hmm. or or kind of holding holding what we have over somebody else. So can you think of a, a way of distinguishing between those things? What's a, a healthy sense of pride versus a sin of pride? Yeah, I I, I, I think it I mean, I can say it simply. I can't. It's I'm 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 like most folks. I think where it's really difficult to to be able to to stay in the healthy space in this for mm. me. Uh, but but I can. It's a lot easier said than done. I I would say. Okay. So um so the healthy place for me in that would be that that it is it is okay to say, man, I I'm really proud of the work that I just did. I'm really proud of the project I just completed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it could be as simple as, as maybe it's just something around your, around your house where you've, 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 you know, recalked, uh, a bathroom, <laughs> a bathroom tub. And you're mm-hmm. like, man, I did a good job on that. Yeah. And you're like, you're just proud of yourself and proud of what happened. Or, or, or maybe again, maybe it's in your job. And, and a, there was a, even if it was like a, a, a meeting, you know, you were going to have with somebody or a conversation that was, you went into it thinking, man, that this could be really difficult. But at the end of it, you, you kind of reflect on it and, and you think to yourself, you know, I'm really, I'm really proud of the way that I handled that. I think I handled that well. I think mm-hmm. I engaged in a healthy way. Um, like that's, that's the, um, so then there's, uh, even with confidence and self-assurance, mm-hmm. like it's, it's good for us to be confident in what gifts and talents God's given us mm-hmm. and to be able to, to exercise those in healthy ways. I think that line comes in then though on, are we, uh, in our confidence and our self-assurance, is it, is it only to serve ourselves mm-hmm. or is it primarily to serve ourselves? This kind of comes out in, in the scriptures that we, some of the scriptures. Yeah, this that we is a good bridge too. into the first one you brought us to in Philippians too. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, well, to, to kind of go directly to that then. So uh, Philippians two tells us that Jesus did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. And so, Paul prior to that says, this is the mindset of Christ Jesus. So have this same mindset. Mm-hmm. So, so if we are to have that same mindset, then no, we don't use the things that we have. We don't use our resources. We're not supposed to use our talents. We're, we're not supposed to, to use, um, to, to, to use our, our confidence in ourselves to our own advantage. We're supposed to look to how can we build others up mm-hmm. with that. Um, I thought you illustrated that well, because mm. um, in that passage, you know, it's talking specifically about Jesus not considering equality with God something that he would use to his own advantage, but that he was willing to lay that aside in order to be um, taking the, the position of a humble servant. Um, but it's difficult sometimes, I think, to relate to that passage. And I thought you did mm. a good job of making it clear that we can relate in the way that we also have certain advantages mm. and resources and talents and skills that God has given us, and um, and that we can adopt that same mindset of Christ as we uh, as we use those in order to be a servant towards others too. Sure. Yeah. Um... And I would say that a lot of that for me even comes out like I, I, I feel like I can be like Jesus, uh, be Christ-like better when I'm thinking about the kind of the front half of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> of that passage in Philippians, um, be, because it, it is about the approach. It mm. is about, it is about uh, how he, he initiated and he, he's the one who, who, who uh, saw where he was at and, but wanted to serve. And mm-hmm. so he became like these other 
like like humans took on human likeness yeah um uh and and engage with us because then i have i i absolutely personally have the line where i'm like okay but from there to then the end where he even was he took on such humility that he was obedient to death even death on a cross and i'm like okay well that that now goes into a realm that i don't feel like i have any connection with Mm. but I, I go back to how Paul even just set out the whole thing. Jesus knew what all of these things would be. And still to the end, even into death, he was obedient and carried humility where he served others. Mm. Mm-hmm. We are to have that same mindset as we engage with our with our families, with our neighbors across the street or with anybody that we work with. Now, I want to ask you a question about the beginning of that passage, because Paul launches into that discussion, encouraging all of us to not just look to our own interests, but also to the interests mm. of others. Yeah. And in that way, you know, setting aside any kind of selfish ambition, but but uh, adopting the spirit of humility. Can you tease out for us the difference between putting other people's interests ahead of our own in a way that is like a humble servant mm. rather than putting other people's interests ahead of our own in the way that could be turning us into a doormat type of personality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yes, I mean, that, that's, that's a great question. So these are, these are like all of the questions that, that went through my head at some point while I was preparing the message. And, and it was like, chose not to how them. deep do I go into some of these or, or, or how, how do we approach this? I, you know, the, well, I'm glad I can give you the opportunity to speak about it off the top of your head yeah, on recording thanks. now. <laughs> um, but that's but, the fun of the podcast. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do feel like that it also highlights, it highlights the depths of this topic about humility and, mm-hmm. and, and what it is that we're supposed to desire and seek after and what it is that we're supposed to be aware of and not and not use in a in a way that is harmful either to ourselves mm. like in a humility that that actually is just always laying down and being a doormat or humility that is is uh, self-serving mm-hmm. that is false humility um well and would you say being a doormat is humility is humility? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, no, um, no. Uh, be, and that's certainly not the picture of Jesus. No, that's not the picture of Jesus at all. So, so he he didn't use he he didn't consider equality with God something to take to his own advantage. So he took on human likeness. Uh, one of the, one of the stories that I go to, and I, and I I think about this story very often, is just Jesus's very brief encounter with the with the the man who comes to him and says. Teacher, I want to follow you. I have done all of these things. I've kept all of the laws. Uh, here's all. Here's my resume of mm-hmm. what I've done. Um, and and Jesus, I, I think that's an example of how even not to be a doormat. So Jesus hears all of these things, but he doesn't go, man, that's great. You're not quite there yet, but come on and follow. No, Jesus knew what was the deepest need. What was the deepest thing that this individual desired? Mm-hmm. And, and this individual had to get over that desire, that, that human desire to really be able to put, uh, to, to, to follow well. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus' reply was, hey, that's great. Here's what I actually want you to do. I want you to go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Mm-hmm. Then come follow me. Mm-hmm. I think... I mean, and not well, necessarily because that was the right task for him to do, no. but that was what was it was going to take for him to adopt the mindset of Christ. Completely, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, completely, completely. And so I, I think that's an example of Jesus wasn't just 
a doormat where everybody who came to him, he just gave them this blank check and green light of sounds good. Come on. And we'll, Mm. we'll, you know, you can just kind of hang out around us all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he he knew what the deepest desires were in each individual. Sure. He knew what that what kind of that big rock would be that they would have to get over. Mm-hmm. And so for some people, he just called it out with them. But I think he did it. Well, not only think, I believe <laughs> if <laughs> we are to carry the same mindset of Christ Jesus, he engaged lovingly, humbly. Uh, and and by all by all uh, readings of the scriptures calmly in that moment sure. with this individual and said with great but here's what strength. i need you to do i i, mm-hmm. I you've got to go do this mm-hmm. go do this then come follow because that was ultimately what was in his best interest that was in his best interest mm-hmm. um and and then this individual actually uh couldn't understand and do, and really it wasn't just couldn't understand but was unwilling to lean into the fact that Okay, I've got all these things, but humility would be, I'm not going to use these to my own advantage. I mean, I think that's played out in the response. He went away sad Mm -hmm. because he had a lot of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He loved all of his stuff and he didn't want to give it all up. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I I mean, there, there's probably, there's probably a ton more examples. Like if people come to us, even like being a doormat, being a doormat instead of, instead of actually engaging in humility, well, humility is, 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 well, it's what we've been saying. It's, it's not using what we have to our own advantage, but, but being a doormat is when, is when anybody and everybody comes to you and asks you for stuff and you just always say yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think, I think what I'm actually trying to get at here is that Jesus didn't always just say yes to people based on what they wanted. Mm-hmm. He said yes to people based on what he knew was best for them. Mm-hmm. That's a good distinction. And sometimes verbally it came out as no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. So uh, that, that's, that, that's a, that's a bit of that separation. I mean, we, we have yeah. our, we have our own, our, again, our, our own, our own areas where we need to be confident in who we are and we need to be, we also need to carry our own, our own healthiness, our own physical health. Um, so saying yes to people for whatever they want may not be in their best interest. Mm-hmm. It may not be in the interest of their health. It also could just completely physically, emotionally exhaust us to where we then are just completely spent, mm-hmm. um, but not in a healthy way. Um, and, and again, that's where I say like, this is, it's so subjective, like to give us these, these definitive objective examples. Yeah. Is a, is a fairly difficult thing when we're speaking about how is it that our approach is in our mind and our heart and our spirit. Yeah, there isn't necessarily a formula for how to do this the right, right way. Uh, the Luke 18 parable that you brought out, I think illustrates that well too, because that one also gets to the idea that what Jesus is looking for is not someone who has accomplished all of these righteous tasks, mm. but someone who is adopting a humble mindset. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and it's it's a great proof text for the idea that we're not saved by the good works that we do. Right, um, you right. Know, the Pharisee is out there thanking God that he is so much better than all of these other people that yeah. he deems unworthy, and then he lists off all of these great things that he has done uh, in the name of his own righteousness. Yeah, and and yet you know, that was worthless in Jesus' eyes. Totally. And, it, um, uh, and I think fa- even fascinatingly in the, in the example that Jesus uses when he's 
using this example and, and, and I, you know, it, it's a parable. It's a, it's a short story with an intent of teaching and bringing out a truth. Um, very common practice in, in, in rabbinical te- teaching of that day. Um, uh, and, but Jesus, so he uses two very, very opposed types of individuals in the story. I think what's fascinating about what he says, the Pharisee says, is that there were Pharisees who had written actual prayers in that day where they had thanked God that they were not like other people. Hmm. Um, and, and they had even called some of, some of the people who were following them as rabbis, they, they were calling them to say these prayers and to thank God that they were not like all these other sinners. Hmm. And Jesus uses that exact thing to say, this is actually not the right way to approach. Wow. This is not humility. Um, and so I, I, again, you know, I can't even, I can't even begin to imagine what that was like to hear that, to have that steeped in my, in my mind and in my heart. Mm. If I were, if I were a follower of one of those Pharisees, mm-hmm. um, or if I were one of those Pharisees myself, but then to have Jesus use my own example against me yeah, and be like, it, like, what would my response? I, I don't know, but I, I'd, that's some of the obviously the the brilliance of Jesus yes. <laughs> and how he approached those teaching moments. Well, and probably humility would feed into how people would have received that teaching. Mm. You know, a humble person would maybe be able to hear that and contemplate: Am I one of these people that Jesus is is uh, saying is is not getting it correct? Yeah, you know, and a humble person is able to receive correction to to consider one's actions. Absolutely. Um, well, know, and I, so I think about I think about characters that we that we learn about in Scripture. These historical figures like Nicodemus. At what point? Like when? What was it that he heard? Mm. What was it? Ju- it was. I don't think it was just in the moment when Nicodemus and Jesus have their have their night conversation together. It's. I think it's multiple moments, mm-hmm. um, and probably more of them are about Nicodemus listening to these moments of Jesus teaching. But when were those moments for Nicodemus that that helped him cross that line and give his allegiance? And and though though many of them are not named, there are these little phrases in other parts of Scripture that says, "And many Pharisees also became followers mm-hmm. or also believed." So. Even when we talk about Pharisees, it's not like the whole the whole mass of them were just against Jesus completely. There were these type of moments that, for some of them, it probably hit them, and they were like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, I've been I've been approaching this in the wrong way yeah. my whole life." Yeah, and they then move from, as Pastor Rick talked about, uh, what was it just last week? <laughs> uh, but uh, 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 but they move from this idea of death to life from. <laughs> from from uh, cut off mm-hmm. to uh, completely living into yeah. the, the life of Christ. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you gave us in this message some foundational thoughts that maybe like these Pharisees that were mm-hmm. able to receive these hard messages can help us adopt a mindset of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> these thoughts that, again, not necessarily about the actual tasks that we're doing, but the way that we're doing it. And, um, you know, these are some pretty powerful thoughts you had here. You had uh, remember that we too are sinners. Yeah. You know, that that none of us are righteous on our own, that all of us fall short of the glory of God. Yep. Um, yeah. There's, I don't know. There's not much else to be still like this. This is the reality. It's just truth. <laughs> it is. It is truth. It is a reality. And, and even even for anyone who 
who does not believe. I mean, our, our construct and, 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 and what we believe as followers of Jesus, as followers of God, as a creator, is that this is, this is what reality is. It's not like there's the reality that we just believe. And then there's this other reality that non-believers live in. Mm-hmm. No, this is just a, a, this is a normal part of who, who we are as humans, mm-hmm. uh, that we, we are in sin, uh, and, and we need to be redeemed. The second one I thought really turned the heat up on that hmm. uh, when you said acknowledge that our worst sin may still yet be in front of us, not yeah. behind us. Yeah. That one uh, hit me like a ton of bricks when yeah. I first heard you say that because hmm. I think that's a, a great reminder of the need for humility. Hmm. That uh, it's not like we just inevitably are always getting better every day. We're still fallen people who still may make mistakes. And I think that's a helpful statement, not in some kind of a fatalistic way, like, you know, I might be doomed to do something awful in my future. But I no. think it's it's illustrating very well what you're encouraging us to be thinking about in this way of with humility, I need to acknowledge that I may still do something that I really regret. And with that intentional thought, um, that is part of what can keep me pointed towards Jesus Absol- and not, not going off on my own where I'm at far more risk of making those kinds of mistakes. That's right. That's right. And I, and, and I think that's where even healthy confidence can come in uh, uh, as, as the writer of Hebrews challenges us. Approach the throne of, the throne of grace with confidence. Mm. Approach the throne of grace knowing that, that God is listening, that he wants this relationship with you, that, that he desires to be in a deeper relationship with you. Uh, but you've, you've got to, you've also have to come yourself. You've got to come mm-hmm. to the throne. So approach it with confidence that he desires to be in your life and, and desires to help you through these moments. And, and so it, it's a balance that there's kind of both the humble, the, the, the humility moment of, of the reality that I'm still a sinner mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is because of the blood of Jesus that I am, that I am covered and saved, uh, but I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. Um, and so I, I know for like, whenever I think about that, I just have to take these deep breaths of, okay, it, it is possible. It is possible that I will massively screw something up in my future. I'm praying every day that that's not going to happen. And I'm going to, I'm going to put myself before God. I'm going to attempt and try to put myself before God every day so that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's, it just, I think it does set ourselves in that spot of humility before our creator. Now, a, a- incredibly beautiful thing about the grace of God is that when we have given our lives to him, we've asked him to forgive our sins. It's not like he only knew the ones that we'd cons- that we'd committed in our past. He already knows yeah, that the entirety of every sin we'll commit in our entire lives, yep. and they're forgiven. Yeah. And it's not like we're going to take him by surprise. And so on one hand, a statement like this doesn't need to strike fear in us, in our security in no. Jesus Christ or our salvation. Nope. But I think as we do go deeper and deeper into our discipleship, the idea that we would continue to sin should just grieve us. Absolutely. We yeah. don't want to we don't want to be heaping more sin on what Jesus had to pay for us. No, not at all. And, and I think uh, the apostle Paul covers this in a number of places and in a number of ways, but but the 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 one that pops out to me directly with this is even his own his own reflection of look, there there are still things that I want to do that I don't do. Mm-hmm. There's things that I don't want to do and I still do them, but none of it is, is outside of, of what God can engage with. Mm-hmm. He's still forgiving me. Mm. He's still, 
uh, he's still forgiving me for the things that I should do that I don't do. Mm-hmm. He's still forgiving me for the things that I do that I shouldn't do. <laughs> um, and he's giving me the grace and the power in the Holy Spirit to do the things that I should be doing and to not do the things that I shouldn't be doing. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, anyway, I, I, I love that even, even that part of, of, of the scriptures because of how I think just real it is for us as humans to, to, to remember that it, there is no perfection on this side. It is a constant working out of our salvation. Yeah. Well, and that flows right into the, the third statement was accept his forgiveness and the grace that we didn't initiate or earn our salvation. Yeah. You know, all of this flows out of God's incredible grace for us and the forgiveness that he offered through Jesus. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that. He, <laughs> he, he started it. He approached us. We've got a, we, oh, oh, we, it's a free gift. There you go. <laughs> okay. I do want you to add something to the fourth statement though. Okay. Realizing that we may be surprised by who is in heaven and who isn't. Talk about that, Caleb. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is a, this is actually a mindset that I, that I carry on a very regular basis. And, and I even add a little bit at the end of it when I'm, if I'm talking about it one-on-one with somebody. Okay. Um, is we're, we're probably going to be surprised by who is in heaven. We're probably going to be surprised by who is not. And daily, daily, we not only uh, uh, engage with God and pray that we will be, but we seek to live a life that would be honoring of that calling. Mm. Um, and uh, um, but I, 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 I think we, we there is a huge temptation in. It, it definitely in I th- uh, American Christianity in, 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 in how, how, how the faith is practiced in the United States. Um, and just because of my lack of experience in, in other cultures and contexts around the world, I can't speak to those, but I, I think the danger, the danger in, in the Christianity that we, that we practice here, uh, is that, is that we can think that, man, I, we can so love the local church that we're a part of that we begin to think that our local church is the one who does it the best. Mm. And, and if everybody else would just do it the way that we did it, mm-hmm. man, they'd be a lot better off and we'd probably be able to do more for the work of the gospel. So like we, we even then try to rationalize why it would be good for other people to do and for other people to practice the faith the exact same way that we practiced it. Mm. But I think that leaves out this, it leaves out the, the idea of, of even masterpiece. Masterpiece is not just about us individually. <laughs> masterpiece, it's a fabric woven, and it is a part of what it means to be called the body of Christ, mm-hmm. that there are so many ways in which people engage mm-hmm. in the truth of who Jesus said he was and who he is and who he will always be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I absolutely believe that an act of humility is us recognizing that we don't have it all figured out. Mm. And, and for however we're practicing it, we have to come with the, with the reminder that there are always things for us to learn from other people that, um, it even, it even kind of gets to the point I think of, of just like each of us individually can have strengths. And as, as, as Paul talks about is, um, we can have the strength uh, metaphorically as, as an arm has, or this individual can have the strength that a leg has, but it's all a part of the same unit. It's all a part of the body of Christ. I think every local church is kind of that way too. Mm -hmm. So every local church, even here in Rochester has, 
probably its thing that it's really good at. And we can go and learn from others about how they're doing whatever that is and, and, and try to get better at that. But if we don't approach that with humility and we think that we've cornered the market on what it is to be the body of Christ, then we're actually operating out of a little bit of, we've crossed that line of just confidence into arrogance. Mm. We've crossed that line of not, we're not just proud of how we are engaging. We're prideful about the way that we're doing it and that everybody else is just a step below us, which is not a part of, of the call of Christ or the gospel. So let me just make sure that I'm understanding correctly exactly sure. what it is that you're trying to get at it here. Yeah, I just said a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> you're trying to encourage us to realize that we can't be arrogant about thinking that the way that we practice church or express our faith is necessarily the right way to do it so that anyone who's in a, a gospel-loving, Jesus-following church that doesn't quite do things the way we do, that doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong and won't be in heaven. Correct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, yet, we can have total confidence if we know that we have given our life to Christ, yes. that we have accepted salvation through through grace, yes. or by grace, yes. through faith, yeah. that we will be in we heaven. Will be. It's not like we have to live in this kind of doubt period of, you know, no. I hope I've done enough or something, because no. that's completely no. the opposite of Com- what you're saying. Completely the opposite. And and really, that's why I put I put point three in there before this one yeah. <laughs> of accepting as grace and forgiveness that we didn't initiate or, and serve at, or, or earn our salvation. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's that there's, step. There's no element here of the surprise is not like, will we make it or not? No. That's not it. No. But it's more the, the idea all. of um, that uh, just because we think that we're doing our Christian life the best we know how to do, that doesn't yeah. mean that other people doing it in slightly different ways aren't doing it correctly. That Yeah, that, that's and right. So we need to be humble about the way that we regard other believers. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I, I do think one, one of the practical ways that, that we've talked about this a lot around here over the past couple of years is, is using the word of preferences even. Mm-hmm. So um, I, can ha- I have my own preferences about how I like to engage with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my own preferences about, about which books do I really love, which books of the Bible do I really love diving into and reading a lot over and over and over again. I've got mm-hmm. my favorite books. Mm-hmm. I've got my preferences. Um, uh, and, but I, but just because somebody else has a preference for a different book, and even though I may think, I don't really get anything out of that, that doesn't mean that it's any less impactful or that it doesn't help somebody else come mm-hmm. to Jesus at the exact same energy that I'm coming to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll even, I'll even kind of go with a little bit of like the constant elephant in the room in just church culture, not just Autumn Ridge. It's like, well, which type of music do people prefer? I don't. I don't prefer really in all honesty, I got preferences in both of our, our traditional service at eight thirty and in our modern service at five thirty Saturday night and 10 on Sundays. I've got preferences in both of those that some things I like and some things I don't. Mm-hmm. But, but if I begin to look at the other, at anybody else who is engaging in that way and think, Oh, if they only knew what I knew mm. or if, if they only liked the things that I like, then, then they, they would, they would be on the same playing field as I would when it comes to Jesus. And that's completely crossed the line mm-hmm. out of my own humility and my own self-assurance and my own confidence into the side of now I'm just lording over my ideas mm-hmm. over somebody else, even though I may not say it audibly, even though it, no one may see it physically. 
the point is, is the it, thought is there. The thought is there. Mm-hmm. And so God knows it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not fulfilling the call of Christ in my life yeah. if I begin to look at others in that way. The last thought I wanted to bring us to is the, the last point that you made on this was to daily seek to learn from Jesus the perfect picture of mm. humility. And mm-hmm. you, you closed out the message um, showing us that passage about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Yeah. And powerfully, not just that he's doing this kind of menial task, but even washing the feet of someone who was just about to betray him, and he knew it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I can't even... I can't even imagine. I mean, is it possible? Would it be possible for some of us to be in a situation where we knew that someone that we're serving is probably because of previous conversations or something was probably on the cusp of doing something to us that would be emotionally or physically harmful? Mm-hmm. It's possible, but that hadn't happened to me yet. And so, just just knowing, even accepting as truth this story and trying to put myself in the place of Jesus in this moment. I cannot even begin to imagine what that was like. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's like, it's even the whole picture. Just take it, take it to the literal practical piece of this. Jesus would have had to kneel down, be on the floor with his head down, mm-hmm. looking at the feet of e- each disciple. And, and so we're also talking about not just Judas as the one who would betray him, but we're talking about him washing the feet of somebody who would probably consider one of his closest friends, Peter, who would deny mm-hmm. three times and would deny that he never even met him. Like Peter wasn't even like, no, I did. I, I never walked around with him. Peter got to the point of saying, I never even had met him. I never yeah. knew him. And Jesus is there with his, with his head down, looking at the feet of his disciples of each of them and washing them. Yeah. And and he's still he's still to the very end is is now showing them that picture of this is what this looks like. That it's the approach in this is an approach of I'm not going to use things to my own advantage and I'm going to serve when when those moments are there uh whether they're the the supernatural moments of God just bringing something into our lives where it's like, you know what? I'm supposed to do this right now. Mm. Um, I'm supposed to engage in serving this person right now or whether it is just in, I know the gifts and talents and skills God's given me. I'm going to use it to help all of these people, or I'm going to use it to help this person over here. Um, and it's just a normal part of our day, Mm -hmm. but it's, it is the mindset of Christ Jesus that we're to, that we're to follow in that. It's beautiful. That's probably the, 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 text that often maybe comes to mind most when people are looking for the humility of Jesus. But I think it would be a fun exercise to read through the Gospels mm. and just have this this overlay as you read to see, you know, how do I see Jesus demonstrating humility in each of these different stories? I think that could be a really engaging personal Bible study. Oh my gosh. I hadn't even thought of that. But but to take to take Jesus knowing that he would wash all of his disciples' feet, take that and now think that he Think about that, that he knew that prior to all of this, mm-hmm. prior to the three years of, of ministry and engaging with them, and then go read everything and see how he's kind of metaphorically <laughs> washing their feet constantly mm-hmm. throughout 
throughout his life with them. That would be that, a great way for us to grow in our humility. That is great. I think I'm going to have to do that. That's a great idea. Well, there's your summer read. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back on the podcast, Caleb. It's been fun talking with you these last couple of weeks. Absolutely. I've um, had a great time. Look forward to the next time you preach and we get the opportunity again. For sure. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Thanks.